In today's AAR session, following the Washington Commanders' first loss of the season, both our improve and sustain come from the same side of the ball. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome into today's episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can continue this conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Just go to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. You can get text messages from me. You can text me. Uh, including most recently during the Ron Rivera, well, right before the Ron Rivera day after press conference, I sent out a, a text to my subtexture and said, Hey, if you got any questions you want me to try to get in for you, shoot them my way. And I do my best to get them in uh, as often as I can. And uh, yeah, both the questions that I asked to Ron Rivera on Monday came from my insider. So if you want to get in on that fun, again, join subtext.com slash locked on commanders to get in on all of that. I am your host of this show, David Harrison on Twitter at dharrison82, credential member of the media covering your Washington commanders for commandercountry.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. And I am here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, appreciate your continued support for the show. On today's episode of Locked On Commanders, we're going to rant about Ron as we dive into comments that Coach Ron Rivera made during his postgame and day after press conferences, including his answers to uh, those two questions that I formulated from my insider questions, one of which made it to uh, Good Morning Football. So if you're an insider and you recognize the uh, the question that I asked Ron Rivera, at least part of the question I asked Ron Rivera, you can know that uh, part of part of your effort inspired something that landed on Good Morning Football. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, we'll talk about what we want to see improved by the Washington Commanders, of course, ahead of week four against Philadelphia Eagles as we start to turn the page on from, from week three. But first... Before we can completely move on from all the bad that week three brought with it, we got to pull some lessons out, right? And that's what our weekly after action review is really all about. So in the military, again, this is where I got this from. It's not just a military thing. It's also a business sector thing. Uh, I understand that, but I got it from the military. But what we also do is we talk about what was supposed to happen. What we talk, we talk about what did happen. And then we get into our sustains and our improves. And we haven't really been doing the supposed to happen and what actually happened. But we're going to do it today. So what was supposed to happen in week three is that the Washington Commanders were supposed to get either a really big underdog win at home or they were supposed to at least be competitive against a potential Super Bowl caliber team uh, to get a moral victory that doesn't count in the win-loss columns, right? But certainly moral victories matter if you can compound those into future actual victories, right? What actually happened is uh, they got their butts kicked, and a lot of people are left wondering just how far this Washington offense has really come uh, since we last saw them at the end of 2022. So. That's kind of what happened in a nutshell, right? In week three, obviously there's a lot of other things in between there, but the thing that I want to see continue moving forward into the future is something that did not actually happen all that much in week three, right? That's Brian Robinson's involvement in this offense, running back Brian Robinson in the second season. Uh, it's also going to be a little bit of an improve of sorts, but we'll get to that here in just a little bit. Brian Robinson Jr. Very quietly surpassed the 1000 yard career rushing mark during Sunday's 37 to three loss to the Buffalo Bills. And the thing is, he did it in less than a full season's worth of work. Now, and I don't just mean that. Obviously, he hasn't played a full season this year. He didn't play all of last season last year because of, 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 the, of the injury that he sustained when he got shot during a botched robbery attempt. What I'm saying is 
He did it in less than a season's worth of games. He did it in less than 17 career games. Hell, he did it in less than 16 career games, which was the old regular season standard. And in some ways, that's even more impressive uh, than doing it in 17 or 18 games. Going back to 2022 and so far in 2023, there have been 21 weeks of regular season football, 20 games of football for every NFL franchise. In that time, in those 21 weeks of regular season football, 20 games of regular season football, only 20 NFL running backs have collected 1,000 yards rushing in the past 20 games. And 20 is not a small number, but when you consider we're giving every running back in the NFL three weeks on top of a full regular season to get there, 20 is actually not that many, right? One of those guys is Washington's Brian Robinson Jr., who reached 1,013 yards rushing in his career on Sunday. Now, that is the least amount of yards of all the NFL backs who have collected at least 1,000 rushing yards in the past 21 regular season weeks of football, but it's not the lowest yards per carry, of which Brian Robinson is averaging four yards per carry, and it's not even close to the lowest yards performance per game, which B-Rob is at 67.5, which is eighth best among those 20 running backs. Even better, his successful run percentage is 52.4%, which is sixth best out of those 20 running backs. And again, successful runs, first down successful run is 40% of the yards to gain, so typically four yards. Second down is 60% of the yards to gain. So if it's second and 10, you need at least six yards, so on and so forth. Third down is 100%. So those are successful runs. So 52.4% of Brian Robinson's runs are gaining either that 40% on first down, 60% on second down, or 100% on third down. Only Arizona's James Conner and Damian Pierce of the Houston Texans join Robinson as players who have rushed for over 1,000 yards in the past 21 regular season weeks, but haven't played 17 regular season games. If you extrapolate Robinson's stat line to 20 games played, which is the most possible played in this in this time frame, and the amount of games that seven of these 20 running backs have played, uh, Robinson projects to 1,350 yards rushing, which would make him the seventh most productive back in the NFL during the last season and three weeks. On top of all that, Robinson has the second best yards per reception average among the group and a 70% catch percentage, which for a wide receiver isn't all that great, but for a running back, uh, I think it's pretty solid. So why then is Robinson not being talked about as one of the better backs in the league? And why isn't he being used like a primary back by his own offense? I'm done with this sustain because I think I've laid out the numbers of this is why we need to see more Brian Robinson. But now this sustain is about to turn into our first improve and a two improve second segment coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And this episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by Nutrafol. You don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides you a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol, the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's hair growth supplements uh, are physician-formulated, natural, science-backed ingredients, Their drug-free, patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health. So go to Nutrafol.com slash men, take their health wellness quiz, identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men. 
and enter the promo code Locked On NFL. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men. Enter promo code Locked On NFL. That's Nutrafol.com slash men, promo code Locked On NFL. Back now here on Locked On Commanders. Thanks for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or view today and every day. Got into the first segment break a little bit quicker than usual because I wanted to make sure there was enough time in the second segment to complete my conversation about Brian Robinson Jr., but also get into uh, my my official improve, right? So our sustain was Brian Robinson Jr. Again, he hit a thousand yard rushing for his career, which is a great milestone for any young running back to hit. And he did it in less than a full regular season slate of games when you take his games from 2022 and the three games in 2023. And then I laid it out to you. He's been one of the better running backs in the National Football League since he stepped on the field in week five after recovering from two gunshot wounds. Like of, of all the other, the mixed up things in the world. So that brings up the natural question of why isn't Brian Robinson being used as much? And that is the improve on top of the sustain, right? So Brian Robinson's usage is down. That's where this sustain, because we love to see everything that Brian Robinson brings to the field becomes an improvement of all the running backs that have rushed for a thousand yards in the past 21 weeks of regular season football. Robinson has played the fewest snaps of all of them. And he's more than 70 snaps behind the guy in front of him, Jamal Williams of the new Orleans saints. Oh, by the way, Jamal Williams, of the new Orleans saints didn't play week three. So he's already a whole game down this season and he still has 70 more snaps than Brian Robinson jr. Okay. Well, Robinson was injured himself. Sure. But for four of the 17 games last year and none of the three games this year, he has just played 32.6% of his team's offensive snaps. That is it. We're talking about a top 20 minimum, if not better, running back in the National Football League, playing less than 33% of his team's offensive snaps. This year alone, Robinson is top 25 in yards per carry so far, which doesn't sound hugely impressive. But when you consider, again, he's playing less than 33% of his team's offensive snaps uh, in his career so far. And every other team in the NFL, including Washington, employs a two-back system, at least almost all of them, if not all of them. You're talking about 25, top 25 out of about 60 potential candidates uh, to be on this list. So why then is Robinson only getting 10 carries in the loss against the Buffalo Bills when into the fourth quarter of the game, there, the game was a two-score game. There, there's no reason to just go pass happy other than maybe you're trying to develop your quarterback, which we'll get into here in just a little bit. Furthermore than that, beyond the 10 carries, why is Brian Robinson only playing 20 snaps in week three? 20 of 54 possible snaps while Antonio Gibson... And listen, I'm no AG hater, so don't go there with me. This is not about benching AG. This is about using your best player in your backfield, not benching somebody else. But AG got 33 snaps while spending most of those on pass calls, getting five targets for three yards, fumbling one of those. And then when AG ran, he actually got 17 yards on two carries, which is great. But Washington ran the ball from the huddle only 12 times. Right? They only called 12 run plays against the 30th ranked yards per carry average run defense in the National Football League. That's it. That's how many times they ran against this team. The Buffalo Bills defense didn't step up. The Washington Commanders offense stepped right into the teeth of what the Bills do best, and that is pass defend. There's just a lot that I don't like here with this whole Brian Robinson situation. I'll leave the conversation at this point, though. We saw a lot of Brian Robinson getting thrown the ball this training camp. So far, Robinson has only five total targets. He's caught three of them and gained 49 yards out of those three, including a touchdown. Meanwhile, Gibson has nine catches or nine targets, seven catches, 61 yards, but only seven rushing attempts. The balance is not there. Ten of Robinson's 20 snaps on Sundays on Sunday were run plays. 
31 of AG's 33 snaps were pass plays. That's a 50% play distribution for Brian Robinson. Fairly even. It's a 94% play distribution towards passing when Antonio Gibson is on the field. You're literally telling the Buffalo Bills defense when number 24 is on the field, we're passing the ball. And then we talk about the Buffalo Bills pinning their ears back and getting pressure on Sam Howell all day. It doesn't take very long for Sean McDermott and his staff to understand. AG's on the field. They're probably going to pass it. And again, nothing against AG because Robinson got multiple touches on three drives against the Buffalo Bills. All three of those, those drives where he got multiple touches ended in scoring range. But so did Gibson. Gibson got multiple touches only once on that drive. The running backs got touches on six of nine of those plays. It was both B-Rob and AG. And they got all the way down to the Buffalo 15 before Sam Howell threw an interception looking for a receiver instead of a running back. I'm not talking about taking the ball completely out of Sam's Howell's hands, but a 98% or 94% play call Tennessee when you have one back on the field is absolutely way too lopsided to be successful against any defensive coordinator. We talked about it before the game. Buffalo's defense was vulnerable to contributing running backs. Washington's offense almost completely ignored that trend, and that's something you would expect, honestly, out of Scott Turner, not Eric Bieniemy. But it's not the only improve that we have. It's not our official one. It's just the tail end of my sustain. I want to see more Brian Robinson, not because I don't like AG. In fact, I would like to see AG with a little bit more mixture run pass. Hopefully, he can secure the ball better. But what we saw in, in, against Buffalo was when the running backs get involved, good things happen, especially when you're going up against a defense that has a hard time stopping opposing running backs. Our official improve, however, does come from the offensive side of things. You guys already know what it is. It's offensive line play. We thought the offensive line play was getting better. I thought the offensive line play was getting better. Perhaps you thought it was because I was telling you that it was, and I'll tell you, I thought it was because it looked like it was. But on in week three, they took three giant steps backwards. Maybe it's just that the Broncos' pass rush was just that much worse than the Buffalo Bills. I don't know if that's the case. According to Stat Info Solutions, SIS, Sam Howell's been pressured on 50 of his 123 dropbacks this season. That's 41% of the time Sam Howell drops back. He's being pressured. Now, against those 50 pressures, Sam has only thrown... 28 passes. He's been sacked 19 times and he's run the ball for a positive gain three times. The rest of the time he's uh, he's, he's getting sacked and, and other things are happening while he ranks second in being pressured. He ranks 17th in throwing catchable passes while being pressured with only 16 of them uh, or 17th and throwable catches and catchable throws only 16 of those and only 15 of them have actually been completed. So it's no surprise that Buffalo try to turn up the heat and you can call all the uh, guarantee that Philadelphia is going to try to turn up the heat on Sam Howell as well. Because if you look at those numbers and your defense coordinator, what do you say? We got to get pressure on Sam Howell. Remember, heading into week three, Buffalo had blitzed on defense only 10% of the time through two games. That's one of the lowest blitz rates in the National Football League. SIS says that Buffalo only blitzed five times in the first two weeks. And in those weeks, they got 32 total pressures on opposing quarterbacks. That's 16 per average on week. Not terrible, right? But not super uh, uh, dominant either, right? In week three alone, between A.J. Epinesa, Jordan Phillips, Daquan Jones, and Leonard Floyd, the Buffalo Bills got 15 pressures from just those four dudes. They hit their weekly average almost with just four guys. In total, the Buffalo Bills pressured Sam Howell 24 times, only eight shy of matching their entire season total up to that point. Of those 24 pressures, Pro Football Focus says Howell is responsible for six of them, while the offensive line is responsible for the other 11 dropbacks that pressures were present. Remember, some reps have more than one Bills defender applying pressure, so you have 24 total pressures, 11 total or 17 total dropbacks uh, that that had pressure on them, if that makes sense, right? Uh, 
leading the offensive line in and allowed pressures with center Nick Gates with four, again, according to PFF, and then left guard Sadiq Charles, uh, who had, uh, and, and sorry, right tackle Andrew Wiley. So Sadiq Charles, Andrew Wiley both combined for three. If you look at the season, PFF has Gates and Wiley as the two allowing pressures more than any other offensive lineman, and Sam Cosme is actually allowing the fewest. That has to get better. That pressure rate and the amount of pressures and even the amount of pressures that Sam Howell is allowing on himself. So that's why if you look at the side here, the bullet on YouTube says quarterback protection. It doesn't say pass blocking. It doesn't say pass protection. It says quarterback protection because it's on the offensive lineman. It's on the tight ends to stay in the blocker chip. It's on the running backs to stay in the blocker chip. But it's also on the quarterback. It's also on the quarterback. Sam has got to protect himself as well. These pressures have got to get figured out if this team has any opportunity or chance of making real noise this season, which I think most of us believe they do have the opportunity to make some real noise. And Ron Rivera will tell you this is a good young team. This is something that they cannot continue to do. Uh, it has to get better because because there are already people who are talking about benching Sam Howell, which we'll get into here in just a little bit. If not this week, then in, in coming into week five, depending on what happens against Philadelphia, we may not have to worry about benching or not benching Sam Howell if Sam Howell can't even walk into week five because of how many pressures and how many hits he's taken. Week four, Washington faces the ninth best pass rush in the National Football League, according to PFS grading system, better than any that they have faced already this season. Although I will tell you, I would be highly disappointed if Ron Rivera and Eric Bieniemy bench Sam Howell with a two and two record coming off losses to an AFC favorite and the defending NFC champions. That's only if they lose to Philly in the first place. But what did Ron say about the potential of benching Sam? He was asked how, how long the leash is. We'll give you his answer in our ranting about Ron segment coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Commanders brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. That is a deal that I recently took advantage of, so I highly recommend you do as well. The Washington Commanders are eight and a half point underdogs on the road this weekend visiting the Philadelphia Eagles and given the problems up front, we just talked about them. I can't say I blame the Ozmakers, honestly. The over-under on that game is 44 and a half points. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season with an offer that you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. <laughs> time to rant a little bit about Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera spoke to the media on Monday uh, out back at, back at Commander's Park in Ashburn, Virginia. I was there and all your usual suspects, your Nikki Javala, Sam Fortier, John Kime, Ben, ben Standig, uh, Matt Paris, or you know Zach Selby of the Washington Commander, Commanders.com. Uh, we were all there ranting about Ron. Uh, this segment, we take some Ron Rivera quotes and we're going to dive a little bit deeper into them. I had a little bit more time this week to prep this show, so I've got them in video form. First quote, uh, we just talked about it a little bit. Ben Standing of The Athletic asked Ron Rivera about the leash that Sam Howell could be on moving forward. Here is what Ron had to say. And in terms of Sam, I mean, I think because the way the game was unfolding, it was a question of, well, you know, should, you, should he get taken out of the game for whatever the reason, even if it was just to protect him. And obviously there's been some talk on the radio and elsewhere about should you make a switch. One question we've had all along is what's the leash for Sam? For you, what, I mean, not suggesting it's, this game but for you what is that scenario is there a point where you well right now we are two and one right. sam's won three games and four starts so we'll just continue to go we kept 
because we felt Sam, the only way he's going to grow and get better is to play. And that's why we did what we did. All right, guys. So bottom line up front, Sam Howell should not be benched yet. Now, if you want to know, would Jacoby Brissett make some of the same mistakes that Sam Howell is making? Probably not. Honestly, probably not. You know what I mean? But this conversation has never really been about is a steady veteran more steady or is a young quarterback more have more potential for this team? This conversation has always been about the potential of the team. The only way Ron Rivera, let's go back to the offseason. The only way Ron Rivera is keeping his job is if he shows Josh Harris and this ownership group that there is a future for his Washington commanders. If Josh Harris and and this ownership group group don't believe that there is a future, a long-term future, potentially there for Ron Rivera's Washington Commanders roster, they're going to clean house. And and some of you have talked about Eric Biennemi becoming the head coach. Maybe that happens. I don't know. But bottom line is, like, Ron Rivera is not going to be able to sell to this ownership group. I don't believe. And Okay, so this isn't a report. This is an opinion. I don't believe that Ron Rivera would be able to sell to Josh Harris, Jacoby Brissett, as the future of this franchise because Jacoby Brissett's future in the National Football League simply is not that long, okay? And understand that even with Jacoby Brissett in there, there is there's a limit to things that even he can do. And then when you just get down to brass tacks of it, okay, Sam Howell is two and one, as, or three and one as a starting quarterback in the National Football League. He's lost one game. Yes, it was a really, really bad loss. It absolutely was a really, really bad loss, right? But he's not the only one to blame here. He had some bad moments himself, absolutely. Uh, but things can get better for him. Things can get better for the team. They've got to keep plugging away at. They shouldn't. In no way should this team do anything as drastic as benching their starting quarterback after one loss. Uh, I just think it's funny though because we've gone. We, we keep going in this, this circle of almost like emotional Ron Rivera abuse, where Ron is first crazy for starting a fifth round quarterback, then Ron's not paying attention enough to know how good Sam Howell could have been last season. Now, Ron Rivera, according to some, should be benching Sam Howell after one loss to a team that has played eight playoff games in the last five years. Uh, it's a little bit, it's a little bit drastic, in my opinion. Okay, so that's the first quote of this of this ranting about Ron. Uh, second, second quote: uh, He was asked on uh, on Monday by me, thanks to a couple of questions. I got a couple of questions from some insiders. I basically combined into a hindsight question of looking back on things. Should the running game have been more involved on Sunday? And then uh, speaking of that correction process, do you feel like in hindsight, obviously, do you feel like leaning on the run should have been more of a, of a strategy point last week? Or last well, week? hindsight is twenty twenty, Right. Okay. And there were some things that, uh, that we did do well in the run game. Um, but, you know, we do what we did just mostly because it's collaborative. We talk about it on the, on the headsets. We talk about it when we come to the sideline, you know, and, and again, the one thing we do talk about is just trying to get the opportunity for Sam. You know, that game was close all the way up to a certain point in the fourth quarter. And at any point it came, it would have come together. Who knows? And again, it's hindsight now. All right. So there's Ron Rivera again, hindsight 2020, you know what I mean? And, and, but the reason I asked the question is for, is for two things, right? One, Ron Rivera kind of talked about during the press conference already. You have to grow a quarterback by giving them reps, right? You can't not, you can't avoid reps and then grow a guy. Right. So, so we, if I've heard it from other people, like, just do nothing but run, take him off the field, put Jacoby in those, those, those types of things. And I understand where those theories are coming from. And even me, I want more running game, right? But I don't want you to just completely abandon the passing game in the process. Sam Howell has got to sit back there in the pocket. He's got to read the field. He's got to make the decisions. And if he makes the wrong decision, 
you got to have it on tape so you can teach it. You know what I mean? You can't teach hypotheticals. You can't say, okay, Sam, let's pretend on this third and six, we threw the ball and you threw an interception. Here's how you threw that interception. How would you change that? You can't do that. You have to learn from those experiences. So there's the only way to do it. Now, the balance there is how much do you throw so that your quarterback continues to develop and how much do you run so that your team has a chance to win? And I do think that against the Buffalo Bills, they went too far on one side. You should have run the ball more. And in the game, I think that's something that this this coaching staff should have realized is we need to run the ball more, especially when you're only down 16-0. We need to run the ball more. And I also think that that's another reason you don't go for that fourth down. Instead, you take the points. Your quarterback has been struggling. It's been a bad day. It's been a down day so far. Take the points. Take the small victory and try to build bigger ones on top of it. I think for all those reasons, that's why you keep doing it. And also, the reason I brought up a hindsight question, because you need this team to understand the hindsight lessons. That's what what watching tape is all about. Watching tape is literally hindsight. It's literally going back to something that you can no longer change and say, okay, here's how we should have changed it in real time so that we can change it in the future. That's literally what hindsight is. So hopefully playing a little bit of seed of, hey, B-Rob's pretty good. When you get your running backs involved, it tends to work out pretty well for you because they're going to need to do that against Philadelphia, and they're going to need to do it better than Tampa Bay did on Monday night, I'll tell you that. Quote number three, uh, whether or not, I think this is Matt Paris of Washington Times asking about whether or not Sam Howell is continuing to make the same mistakes over and over again here now that we're in the regular season. In training camp, we talked a lot about Sam, how he doesn't really make the same mistake twice. Are you, with the regular season, are you seeing that same pattern kind of apply or now that the live bullets are flying, you're seeing kind of more of the same things? I think the biggest thing we're seeing is, is again, there's a point where sometimes you see too much. You go back and you may see a flash and all of a sudden you think, okay, I'm going to put it in there and he does. Other times he sees a flash that's, ooh, that, he's too close, and then now he tries to go somewhere else and it's a little too late. So I think, again, he's just got to continue to learn and grow and get through this. I mean, again, this this is a guy that's started and played four games. All right, so once again, that's head coach Ron Rivera. Something we talked about all during training camp, like Matt said there, is Sam Howell's ability to autocorrect, his ability to, to know what he did wrong in the moment right after he did it and then correct it and not make the same mistake twice. Uh, we're seeing him make some of the same mistakes multiple times here in the regular season. And I do believe that part of that is – is the regular season pressure, right? The bullets are live. The games are real. The the, the situation matters. Uh, and the results are official. But I also think this kind of goes a little bit into what Justin Fields was talking about. And I think this is why what Justin Fields said was not necessarily a negative about his coaching staff. And I think that I actually agree with him on that, that a lot of media outlets ran with a portion of the comment in order to create buzz and, and I really hate that part of, of this field, to be quite honest with you, when that happens in journalism and people take parts of comments or parts of quotes and, and run with them. Um, because I think what Justin Fields was trying to say, and I'm not putting words in his mouth, but I think what he's trying to say is basically sometimes you're sitting back there, you have all this data, you got all the analytics, all the percentages, all the this team doesn't do well in zone, this team is susceptible over the middle on third downs and, and all these things. And instead of sitting back there and playing the game, you're sitting back there and you're trying to calculate everything in real time. And I think what Ron Rivera said here, again, you go back to it, you see flashes and all of a sudden he puts it in there. Boom. That's great. Other time he sees flashes, but he hesitates. He just thinks too much. And then he tries to go somewhere else and he's too late with it. I think those moments you see Sam Howell thinking too much. What should I do here? Why should I do it? When should I do it? How should I do it? Instead of just going out there and instead of being armed with information as his ally, He's being bogged down by the process of trying to filter through the information in real time. I think the next step that Sam Howell's got to take 
is understanding the ability or just developing the ability to carry the information with him and use it as an as a weapon, but not let it hold him back from decision. I've always said uh, in, in my entire adult life, the worst decision is no decision. Anytime you make a non-decision, you are going to end up doing the wrong thing. Uh, another saying that I developed over my over my time, the answer is never do nothing. So when we talk about Sam Howell, you get to the drop of your pass or the drop, your top, the top of your drop, you're going through your progressions. The answer is never do nothing. Move your read, throw the ball, throw it away, run. Don't ever do nothing. And once Sam Howell starts doing that, I think we'll see a much better quarterback. But again, four games in, you got to give him some time uh, to develop to develop there. So a great question there by Matt Paris in the Washington Times. I'm going to drop a bonus quote. We usually only do three. I'm going to drop a bonus one because this is the one that ended up on Good Morning America. The answer did. They did not put the uh, question in there. I'm going to play the question. Basically, again, it's an out. It's a it's a it's a it's a collection of of questions from my insiders. I basically turned into a question for Ron Rivera. And here is what he had to say. Coach, you mentioned yesterday that working with a young quarterback, you kind of have to build in some some down performances, some bad games at the same time. Uh, when when the rest of the division kind of has a bad week, does does that something that kind of plays into to your mindset as well? Oh, yeah. You believe me, I'm, I'm hoping for tonight too, to finish the week off. So that would be good for all of us. Um, not just being honest. I mean, uh, again, it, it is, but that's not the reason why we do things that we do. You know, um, it, it's always kind of a relief to find those things out. But what you would like to do more so than anything else is, again, you know, continue to work and have him grow, you know, because we know the faster he gets to where we think he can be, the, the, the better we're going to be as a football team. I mean, you know, this is our third game of the season. We're two and one right now. And, you know, we have an opportunity to make some corrections from this game. Everybody hates to lose. I hate to lose. I hate losing. Excuse me. Sorry. But I do. And the truth of the matter is the only good thing out of losing is that you can learn from it. And that's what we intend to do, to learn what our mistakes were, learn what the things that we didn't do right, get those things corrected and move forward. That's what we're going to do. I mean, we're not going to, you know, stay indoors because the, the, the sky is falling. We're going to show up. We're going to work hard. We're going to get it corrected. This is a good football team, good young football team that needs to learn and understand. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to get your butt kicked. How you respond, that tells everybody whether you're worth a crap or not. So I expect these guys to show up tomorrow. We're going to correct them. We're going to correct ourselves tonight as we go through it as a coaching staff, which we're done partly right now. And then we'll show up and we're going to, we're going to get it right. We are. All right. Once again, that's Washington Commanders coach Ron Rivera. Didn't really mean to incite a passionate answer from coach there. Uh, but unfortunately, sometimes, well, not unfortunately, but sometimes that's what you get. Um, I asked Jack Del Rio a question last year about calling a blitz for Benjamin St. Juice, and he turned it into uh, telling us that the the officials had blown a penalty call, which I agreed with him on, by the way. But of course, I didn't ask him about the penalty call. I asked him about blitzing his young cornerback. And, you know, look, sometimes that's where the coach's mind goes. And obviously, he got in a lot of Sam Howell questions, and I kind of prefaced it with the young quarterback deal. Uh, so I think they kind of kept him in that groove. But Part of that answer ended up on Good Morning Football. So if you saw it on Wednesday or uh, on Tuesday morning, rather, uh, and you were part of that question, uh, congrats. I think it was, obviously, it was a good question, um, or else I wouldn't have asked it. And obviously, the answer uh, got some attention. So coming up tomorrow, we're going to be back at practice for the first time this week. Eagles week getting started. So we've got our official uh, new look at updated in, in, injury information, so much more. And we will drop a mailbag episode when I get back tomorrow evening. In the meantime, if you've got questions or comments, you got questions from the mailbag, throw them in the comment section here on YouTube. Uh, drop them on Twitter or hit me directly on your cell phone by becoming a lock insider by going to joinsubtext.com slash 
Locked On Commanders. As always, thank you, make it, thank you for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Every day, I greatly appreciate you coming through on a consistent basis like you do. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind. I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.